We are told the rendezvous was a secret. Five women summoned to a house outside Albany, New York, one night this past March. Sarah Edmondson says she was one of them, willingly participating in a strange initiation ritual led by a woman who told everyone to take off their clothes and put on a blindfold. Let us in blindfolded and sat us in a semicircle, buck naked, no clothes, on a sheepskin rug. Edmondson told authorities that she thought they were going to get tattoos. Instead, she says, they found out they were all going to be branded. What was that like? It was worse than childbirth. Imagine a hot laser dragged across your flesh for 30 minutes without anesthetic. At this point, you're probably wondering how in the world did this happen? Sarah seems so normal. She lives in Vancouver, where she is a wife and mother with a successful film and television career. Do I know you? I don't think so. Oh, no, no, I never forget a face. But her life changed after she crossed paths with a secretive self-help group called Nexium and its charismatic leader, Keith Raniere. I'm an interesting person, I'm a controversial person, but most importantly, I'm an unconventional person. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. At the heart of Nexium training is something called intensives, which former members say are like group therapy, running as long as 14 hours a day and up to 16 days. Edmondson says she attended her first one in 2005. She says it cost over $2,000. I left my five-day, my initial training, as if a veil had been lifted and I could see things more clearly in my life. In promotional materials and videos, Nexium claims more than 16,000 people worldwide have taken its courses. But participants are required to sign a confidentiality agreement. So what do we actually know about this secretive self-help group? According to former members, Nexium has its own lingo. And the sessions came to involve practices such as chanting. 
a special handshake, even bowing. Former members like Mark Vicente say anyone unwilling to go along with the rituals would be scorned. If you question Keith Raniere, the hits the fan. Like you what? are you are prideful. How dare you? Don't you realize you owe everything to him? Hello and welcome to Real Crime Profile. This is Jim Clemente, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor and writer-producer of CBS's Criminal Minds. And with me today is... Laura Richards, criminal behavioral analyst, former New Scotland Yard and campaigner and law reformer on coercive control and stalking. And I am so pleased today that we are joined by two incredibly special guests. I'm Cecilia Peck. I'm the executive producer, showrunner, and director of the Stars series called Seduced Inside the Nexium Cult. Thanks so much for having us back. And I'm Inbal Lesnar. I'm Cecilia's producing partner, executive producer, showrunner, and lead editor of the same series. So jump right back into our discussion about Seduced, your amazing four-part series on stars. You know, you talked about sort of the enabling system. And I would like to talk about the men in Nexium, because certainly there was also, and you showed it very well, a sort of step-by-step process with the men where he would have these conversations with them about rape and about child abuse. Some little children are perfectly happy with it, that kind of thing, you know, all that bullshit. But these are rational men, right? And they're put into this situation where he's clearly grooming them as well because he wants to build this army and he needs these other men to help try to keep these women in control. But as I talked to you when when you were doing Brave Miss World, I mean, most men abhor the, the thought of rape. Most men are not capable of doing that. But somehow he also got these men to buy in and to become these aggressive controllers of the women in DAS and, and in, in, the, in the organization in general by, by feeding this whole concept, the, all these misogynistic, you know, we get to have multiple partners, men are naturally, you know, not monogamous, all this other crap that you, you showed pretty well, but I just don't understand. I mean, it didn't seem like any of the men other than the leader had to actually take any responsibility for anything. It's a little hard to speak for the men, but I think they're having to reckon with that intense indoctrination where they felt like they were part of building an ethical and productive society. And he had convinced them that these drills were important. Uh, you know, it's it's indoctrination. I mean, mm-hmm. he he convinced women that women grew up privileged and like princesses and that women were demanding and that they needed to subject themselves to a series of rigorous, you know, punishments and exercises so that they could become more like men. It was just a very misogynistic dynamic, you know, and he's just one of the most skilled manipulators in the world. That was his real strength. It was in getting people to believe what he wanted them to believe and get them to do what he wanted and identifying people who would be susceptible or vulnerable, micro-targeting them, drawing them in, promoting them, flattering them, making them feel empowered. It was just a step-by-step deliberate process of building an army of people who would do his bidding. Uh, Well, he started at the age of 13, his mother gave a report that he, at the age of 13, was speaking to lots of different girls. And he would say, I love you. You're the most important girl in my life. You're the one for me. And the mother said she knew he was lying because he couldn't mean it. He couldn't be authentic to each of them. But to me, they're the seedlings that he's worked out. What are the things that girls want to hear? And his father said that overnight he just became very arrogant, it felt like, that he thought he was a superstar, superior to everybody else. So the seeds happened very early on in his childhood. But then, like I mentioned, a 24-year-old man targeting 15-year-old girls and selling it off as a relationship, 
that power imbalance, I've just been running a, a masterclass this morning on coercive control. And it's quite incredible the amount of cases I talk about where you see that imbalance in an offender, who, an abuser who's 19, 20, 24, 25, targeting 12, 13-year-old girls. And some people think that that's okay. But it's not okay. And that's where it begins, where there's no accountability, there's no challenge at the earlier stages. But he learned his tradecraft. And I agree with you, Cecilia, a master manipulator who had literally covered off every base to render this abuse invisible to most people, and more importantly, to the women he was victimizing. They were his biggest defenders and advocates, in a sense. So it's very difficult to get into a case where you've got to work with someone over a period of time to help them understand that it's not love or care or trust. It's actually the opposite of that. It's abuse. Someone is exploiting you in every way. And I thought that moment where India is told by her mum that the brand is his initials, you know, that level of distortion where she, it's not even in her head that that could be his initials, because she doesn't think that it's a negative thing. She thinks it's a positive thing. And if the sky's blue, they tell you it's purple and you believe it's purple. That was a classic moment of just seeing how deeply entrenched she was, how well he had gaslit her over such a long period of time with so many other people reinforcing that what that world was, was the right world and everybody else was wrong outside that world, outside that microcosm. Yeah. And the concept of loss aversion was explained to us where when you've invested a great deal of your time, your finances, and then you've cut off all the voices of reason in your life, it's harder to leave than stay in. And and our, our other advisor, Hoyt Richards, told us, if you think it's hard to be in a cult, it's much more difficult to leave one because you don't have a community, you don't know what you're facing, you can't reckon with the difference between what you thought was happening and what was actually happening. And the women in in our series are still facing that. I mean, one of my favorite scenes that we had to cut out um, for lack of, of space was India trying to make amends to one of the people she had recruited. And She believed she was part of something good, that she was building an ethical society. And she had recruited all of her friends, her mother's friends, her family. She has to face all these people today. I mean, these things are so hard to cope with. Absolutely. Well, when the leader is, you know, has so many of the classic characteristics of psychopathy and and sadistic psychopathy, when he has these tools and those are his personality traits, it's the perfect storm. And I think the fact that he's so, you know, he's not physically imposing and he doesn't use powerful dynamics makes him less threatening in the beginning. And so people let him in. But the fact that he requires, like like you said earlier, Laura, that whole kissing scene, uh, that he requires that all the time. But I could see that when the one of the Brofman sisters, when he tried to kiss her on the lips, that she turned away. She did not let him kiss her on the lips. She He kissed her here. But she had the money, so she probably had the freedom. I mean, all of those women cycled through his polyamorous relationships with him. He had three partners as well, didn't he? And I would love to know what they had to say. And I mean in the sense that three relationships, seven years, nine years, seven years, and two children. And then, of course, you've got all the other women on top of that. But, yeah, that was those moments where he's interlocking fingers and kissing on lips and everyone's lining up. That told me everything I needed to know about his ability to check compliance, understand who to target. And I'm glad you mentioned, Cecilia, investment, because the investment is the time that you put in, but the financial time, the isolation, it's like leaving an abuser. If you leave that, the abuser, what else have you got? You've got no one to fall in with if you've burned bridges with people as well and you've only got this one echo chamber you're much more likely to stay in it and that's why it takes seven times to leave 
and leave successfully. It is like leaving the abuser. And actually, Jim, as I was watching the series, I was going through the psychopathy checklist. And now I know about his history. I didn't know everything about the detail. This is someone who scores very highly on the psychopathy checklist, right? Did you do the same? Yeah. I didn't have I didn't have the chart in front of me, but I know enough of the 20 characteristics and and it just kept going and going and going. You know, there's nothing on that list except for he I, as far as I know, he doesn't he hasn't violated parole, but he certainly had the multiple relationships. He has the childhood problems. He has a grandiose personality. He has the pathological lying, all those things. And obviously manipulativeness and clearly lack of remorse, lack of responsibility, lack of lack taking of responsibility, no lack empathy. of empathy. I mean, I, I don't know if there's one, there may be one out of the 20 that that doesn't apply to him, but... So you from know, your experience, does he believe his own shit? Most psychopaths are very much aware that they're different. When they're very young, they actually recognize that they don't feel the things they're seeing, But the smart ones watch other people and can mimic it. And they know they're faking it, but they're also these thrill seekers. They want to have, you know, they need this constant stimulation. So he, he knows exactly what he's doing and he's doing it very deliberately. So I do not believe that he believed his hype. I do believe that he felt like he had to convince other people of his abnormalities. And that's why he was trying to get these people to to lessen their aberration of rape and child abuse. He wanted to be accepted for those things because he knew that they were abominations. I'm curious about where it would have gone. I mean, when Nexium was literally falling apart and droves of people were defecting and leaving, he He called his first line slaves down to a meeting in Mexico where he had fled to escape prosecution. And as Catherine narrates so brilliantly that he he had the audacity to invite them down to give him a group blow job. (laughs) That's where his mind was at. I mean, he had managed to turn his entire organization into a way to subjugate women and deliver him sex slaves. Mm -hmm. That's basically where he was at when he was arrested. But in the meantime, he was training people to protect him, um, you know, in the use of physical force, people were being hit and slapped. It it resembled a terrorist training camp. Right. And that's why I said he knew exactly what what was going on. And he knew that they would eventually come for him. He just thought that he'd be able to have these waves of defense that would protect him so that he could get away. And he did get away to a certain extent, but he couldn't get away from his own, what we call, you know, inner needs. These, these are things that he wanted to satisfy in himself. And because of that, because he needed to feel, uh, you know, reinforce his feeling of superiority over these women, he went ahead and and called them down there, which of course led law enforcement right to him. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Rick Ross studies groups like Nexium. 
in my opinion, it's basically copied from other sources, uh, specifically Scientology, Ayn Rand, and Est. So there's all of that mixed together, and that becomes Nexium. Very unoriginal. Original or not, Ranieri's teachings were good enough for Sarah and her friend Mark to spend more than a decade rising through the Nexium ranks and becoming ever more willing to follow their leaders. If you're told, the world could be so much better if you weren't quite so screwed up. You're like, you're right. Let me get more uns unscrewed up. And pretty soon you're spending years unscrewing yourself. Well, one of the women posted a picture, didn't she, online? And social media can be a gift at times. And that was a time when it was a real gift so he could be tracked. But I, I think importantly, he found a way to legitimize abuse. And he created a network, an organization that legitimized what he was doing, allowed him to make money from it. And in a sense, he turned it on its head where women asked him for it. He had figured out how to do it because he had been doing it from a, from a very young age. And I think that culmination at the end just so shows how reckless he was. And the poor me syndrome, come and give me comfort and, and do these things to meet my needs. Well, everything about that organization was meeting his needs. Every aspect was about him. And the women never knew that. They thought it was about meeting their needs. That's a very clever script that he flipped. One of the worst cases I've seen, absolutely. But that script flipping, I think, is such a clever thing that that's the invisible part that I always say ask more questions you have to ask more questions about what's going on and anyone who keeps selling something that's in your best interests and that's not a judgment on any of these women by the way because I it's much more a judgment about him that we should all as mums and daughters and sisters and professionals we should all be asking more questions because abusers are very adept when they've been doing it for a long time. They can become very skilled that they pull the wool over so many people's eyes. And that too good to be true? You know, what, can you really have someone who's operating without any self-interest saying that he's celibate and all this BS? I mean, you can understand why someone might believe that because he's sowing the seed continuously and consistently and he's got other people repeating it for him. But my goodness, the mind control of so many doing his bidding. There's so many more questions that we need to ask about how we allowed him and Epstein and Weinstein and R. Kelly. And there are many others. How Bill we, Cosby. Bill Cosby, yeah. How we allowed them to do this and hurt and harm so many women, so many victims and, and their families, the concentric circles. Well, we're just so grateful that you two have this platform where these things can be discussed. And we just hope our show helped break down these ways that you can coerce people and get them to accept these horrific conditions and not judge them. That it really could happen to any of us. And, you know, with, with people as skilled as the leadership of Nexium, it's such a slow boil before you realize what you're in and then it's too late to get out. And right. we just we really hope people will, will be able to look at it differently. I mean, it's, it's just a very complicated process to explain. And, you know, we tried to break it down. No, you did a great job. And if Lisa were here, sorry, she had a conflict today, but she loves to do that side, basically talk about how the production was done and, and the directing and, but it, and the cinematography it was it was beautifully shot and and so the the interviews that you did with the people who survived this horrible abuse and and of course with Catherine Oxenberg those interviews were so I mean we felt like we were there and we felt their pain and there is one of the of the survivors. And her name was Naomi. And you could see just in her countenance and in her face that she carries this pain and she's been carrying it for years. And I felt so much for her because it's clear that once you get kicked and you're down and then you try to get up and you're doing something to try to improve your life and even help others. And then you find that you're getting kicked and knocked down again. And that's such a kind way of saying what happened to her 
it's so demoralizing, but I felt so good that you gave her the opportunity to, to stand up and to tell her story and to give her voice back. That's something that's really important to have that opportunity. We really hope you too have Naomi on the program because not only can she shed a lot of light on being second generation, which means she was born into a cult and how that mm-hmm. affects children who grow up in an organization that their parents choose, not them, but also she's become a very outspoken advocate for the need for legislation against coercive control. And I know she'd love to team up with you, Laura, and to talk about it. She's she's busy. She well, she designed and built along with Tabby our website, seducedocumentary.com, which uh, offers a platform for former survivors. It has a questionnaire. How do you know if you're in a cult? It has a list of every possible resource. It links you to all the experts in the series. And um, so Naomi's taken a really active role in that and, awesome. and is lobbying for legislation. Yeah, I saw that in the, in the docu and we messaged each other actually on Instagram. So she's very keen to speak and I shared the petition with her as well. So to our listeners, you can sign the petition. We're lobbying for coercive control to become a criminal offense in America. We've got it on the books in New York and uh, in California, and there are numerous senators that are behind it, but we really need more overwhelming support. And Naomi will be a brilliant voice. I was also hoping Catherine, maybe India, um, who worked at one of my favorite restaurants, actually, and I'm sure I had have come across her. She seemed very familiar to me, but when you shot at double zero, uh, my partner and I fell off our sofa for about the sixth time uh, watching the documentary. And I'm so glad that she's found someone to bring her happiness and joy, even though she's working, still doing the work. And I always say to every victim, every client, every survivor, post-traumatic growth can be an incredible thing. That amazing things can happen when you do the work. So there's hope for everybody that the dark days become the lighter and brighter days. And I love the fact that so many of the survivors that you gave a platform to, they want to create change. They want to stop it from happening to anybody else. And that's such a fantastic, you know, I really, it makes my heart sing to see so many powerful women who join together and want to create change. Because the only way we change these patriarchal systems is by women leading change. And we have to join with good men, Jim, and there's many, many others that I work with to be our partners, to stand up and say that we've got criminalization gaps or we need to improve laws or enhance laws. That's how we bring about change. And that's what we're about on Real Crime Profile. So we're really pleased to have you back, Cecilia, to talk to us about your docu-series. And Imbel, what an incredible, I, I hope you're both proud of it. Because And with Arlene and everybody else, you've done a fantastic job bringing it to our screens, giving it a name. And that's the thing that a lot of victims will say to me, like Deborah Newell in Dirty John. She said, you named it, you called it something. I didn't even know what it was, but you gave me back my power. And you doing that, you would have given women back their power, their voice, and validated them all across the world. I hope women see this and men, because it's not just about women's stories, as Jim quite rightly said. What about the men who were sat in the room? What about the partners? What about why weren't they asking questions? So we can all be empowered to create change and build momentum and challenge systems and processes and gaps in legislation and fill those gaps with the right legislation. So thank you very much for talking with us. And and really thank you for such an incredible docu-series. Thanks so much for highlighting it. And we do feel like it's doing its job and making an impact. I mean, Inval, you're very good on Twitter. I know she she reports to me sometimes that it it just, it seems like a lot of people are, are taking it in and changed and helped by it. They're seeing the parallels to their own lives, to relationships they have in the workplace to relationships they have in their personal, in their homes, in their yoga studios, and definitely in politics. If you caught Bill Maher wrapping his season last weekend with a comparison to what is going on in our country right now and touting Catherine Oxenberg as the model of compassion for people who need to lead with our heart to people who are victimized by 
systems of control and coercion. So I, I do think it's definitely sparking the right conversations and different levels, and we're very proud of it. I think the job that you've done by putting this together, by drawing together all these wonderful voices, these strong voices of people that were victimized but found their feet and the timing of Catherine Oxenberg and and the drive that she had to try to save her daughter and the fact that if she had done it even a short period of time later that incredibly important evidence would have been lost and and he may have walked away i think this was meant to happen i'm sorry that everybody who went through it had to go through it but i do believe that now we're talking about it coercive control as laura said it's now in the vocabulary of people and just like grooming nobody knew about grooming 10 or 15 years ago but now everybody knows about grooming because we've talked about it we've we've put it out there and and you educated you know, people about grooming in brave miss world i've been you educated trying educated me about grooming in brave miss world well the important thing is that it is something that we didn't talk about and now we are and now coercive control is in that category and once everybody knows about it they're going to be much better at recognizing it and the government is going to be much better at stopping it and so we're in the beginning stages of that here Laura has championed it overseas in the UK and and they've been very progressive in getting ahead of the curve on that and now we need to and i hope that we can uh stop this from happening people are going to see seduced and they're going to recognize other groups and other situations that have the same kind of coercive control and manipulation and hopefully they will step up and do the right thing and not sit there silently not be part of this mob mentality well other people are doing it so it can't be that bad and we have to we have to listen to our instincts we have to actually protect the people around us from people who would manipulate them and take advantage of them yeah and by the way the law that i campaigned for in england and wales it was meant to be broader than just in relationships and it was always my wish for it to be broader and to encapsulate all cases all situations where you can be coercively controlled and the prime minister theresa may her advisor said to me if we go down that route laura it would take far longer we will have to do a much bigger consultation so what do you want us to do and i said well we need to get this legislation in but i want to revisit it and make it broader because i know and i've been in situations in workplaces where you can be coercively controlled individuals who use these same tactics so it's much more about a, a behavioral regime and strategy that individuals use and perhaps in america we've got a real opportunity to create a broader piece of legislation that does encapsulate every type of situation where you are being coercively controlled and and that's my hope that america become world leaders and we shouldn't have fragmented legislation i think it becomes very confusing and the modern uh, modern day slavery act in the uk 2015 that can be modeled along with the coercive control law in scotland so i don't want to get too technical but i think there's a real opportunity here to create something that is broader that we ensure that we pick up these manipulative and predatory people but they hide in plain sight they are in our organizations they are in our houses they eat at our tables and they're not just cults of something that's separate that sits outside particularly and jim knows this very well in the health seeking or soul seeking in these situations where people are trying to self improve that the self improvement industry is unregulated currently and it's about 11 billion dollars a year there's a huge amount of money to be made in the self improvement industry and that's where some of these individuals go because it's unregulated and you've got a pool of individuals who may be vulnerable that they can exploit as well as they have domestic violence situations that they create in their personal relationships but they also create these legitimate 
businesses under the guise that they're helping people and therefore they attract. I'm going to use the word vulnerable because we can all be vulnerable at any time, whether it's we've got a loss of parent or someone died in our orbit or we're looking at ourselves to improve because we've got things wrong in the past. Vulnerability can be lots of different things, but it's the pools that predators fish in but they're not predators as strangers. They are known to us. And that's what Jim and I are trying to bust this myth um, about, you know, these predators that lurk in bushes. Yes, those individuals are predators out there, but it's the ones that eat at our tables and call themselves our friend that prey on us, that are insidious and manipulate us and betray our trust that's the more insidious stuff. And that's where post-traumatic stress and complex PTSD is far more severe and serious. And yet, for some reason, people want to make out it's about a compliant relationship where someone is consenting rather than they're being exploited. That's the challenge for us, I think. It takes courageous voices like India and Tabby and Kelly and Deborah and Naomi and Ashley and Anna Cecilia in our series to bring these things into the light. I'm I'm so proud of them and so grateful to the women in our show. I mean, if you want to see some true heroes, there they are. Yeah, well, we're proud of them too. And we're proud of you for for taking this on, you and Imbal. I hope that uh that this becomes a a movement, a movement, a movement yeah. that we change law. I, yeah, I yeah. really hope that we do because we need to. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Urban Outfitters, Sephora, and Nike. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post, with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY. A Vancouver actress who helped bring down the leader of an American sex cult is speaking out. CTV's Shannon Patterson reports on the reaction to finding out the man in charge of Nexium has been given a 120-year prison sentence. Sarah Edmondson is breathing a little easier today. I woke up feeling very aware of how much more safe I feel and very proud of everything that uh, we've done. And when I say we, Team Takedown has done to put Keith behind bars. The Vancouver actress and former Nexium recruiter helped take down the group's leader, Keith Ranieri, sentenced Tuesday to 120 years in prison for sex trafficking, extortion and racketeering. I joined in 2005 thinking it was a personal and professional development program. I had many years where I learned some wonderful things, great tools, great community, and it wasn't to the very end that I'd found out what it actually is. In 2017, Edmondson went to the FBI. She wasn't the first Nexium member to try to blow the whistle on Keith Ranieri, but she had proof on her body. The collateral that I'd given, also known as blackmail, was used as a gun to my head to pressure me to do it. She was branded with the initials of Ranieri and fellow actress and Nexium member Allison Mack. Emotional abuse is hard to prove. I had a physical mark on my body that drew people's attention to say, what the hell is going on in this group? 
I became the face of it in that way. Others stepped forward alongside Edmondson and told New York prosecutors about Nexium and its leadership. I don't think we could ask for a better sentence. I was really hoping for life in prison. 120 years just makes it that much better. Cecilia and Imbal, this was such a, a well put together, well thought out, well engineered, well shot, well written project. Tell us who else was involved in it. I mean, we really took a lot of care to have women as the heads of all key departments whenever we could. We also had great male sensitive collaborators, but everybody just brought their A game. I mean, everybody on board did it because they deeply cared about this issue and and waited for a job like this where you can really put your heart into it. I mean, we just, um, at every level, um, much of our editing team, many of them were women, our incredible co-producer, Morgan Pofferl, who literally does every single job in production and has incredible skills in research and archival. And for a show like this, it's such an important element because sometimes a photograph won't clear legally. And Morgan will have six backups that she's already cleared, you know, finding the material that put the pieces together that enable you to tell the story. Tracy Lehman, our field producer, everybody who really took great care of making sure that Every location, every sleeping arrangement was thought out to be supportive and and the right space for these women, not just in front of the camera, but when they go to sleep at night, preparing for the next day. I mean, it was really took a lot of care. And that comes from the top, you know, Cecilia really dictated how, in a good way, (laughs) how to take great care and really think about every detail of our interaction with these survivors and put that at the paramount of all priorities. So before we considered network pressure, before we considered budget, before we considered schedule, we considered these women and how to allow them to communicate their stories and respect their voices and make sure that they feel honored with the final result. And it's the little things that matter. That's what I found through working with clients, thousands of them. It's the small things that matter. So thank you for doing that. And I just want to give a shout out to my very good friend, Arlene Nelson, one of the most Mm -hmm. talented women that I've worked with, who's director of photography. You recruited her onto your incredible docu-series, into your (laughs) wonderful warrior women network. And she's so talented. So I just want to say, well done, Arlene. You did a fantastic job. And she's, when I've worked with her, she's always a joy to work with as well. She is. Arlene, yeah. She's an incredible collaborator and always had ideas. I mean, our whole project was a collaboration with everybody, including our incredible animation team led by Elise Kelly. And that process of creating those images to evoke moments that we couldn't be there for was a really um, meticulous and intensive. um, Inspired, really. Yeah, inspired collaboration with them. And it's an element that we're extremely proud of and excited about having. It's just another layer in our series, along with our musical score that I love so much. It's it's kind of the heartbeat of, of the series written by Daniel Lesner. And I think just so evocative and very different. I mean, there's no string instruments. It's all synthesized that was created to kind of take you into a different world, like an unfamiliar one, like Nexium. And, but it's very emotional and, and deep too. So that's another element, you know, all these things, hopefully you don't notice, they seem like they're just meant to be there, but they all came out of a real intensive process. So powerful. Yes. I did want to ask, how did you make the choice? And I thought it was incredibly poignant and powerful to have the offender playing the theme of his own downfall on the piano. I I thought that was brilliant. Thank you. So this scene is one of my favorite and proudest scenes in the series that I had very little to do with. Tara Anais, our supervising story producer, had this incredible idea of pairing the images and news clips of the arrests of 
the women uh, in Keith's inner circle, Alison Mack, Claire Bronfman, Nancy and Lauren Saltzman, with them prof- profusely profusing their love to him and their loyalty to him. So you see all these clips that you've already seen throughout the series of them talking to him uh, in front of the Nexium community as they're being led to the courthouse. And, you know, that was a really interesting juxtaposition. And then when it landed with Gillian McCarthy, one of our incredible editors, she came to me and said, I found this piece of Keith playing the Moonlight Sonata and I have these two ideas of where it could go. And I said, oh, definitely this arrest montage. So that became the arrest montage. And, you know, it kind of feels like a grand scene from The Godfather. I mean, right. everybody's going down and while he's right. playing callously and it goes like, oh, well, he flops yeah. it. And, you know, this is the guy who everybody revered as a concert pianist. He has like a couple of songs. My husband is a concert pianist and happened to be the composer of this series. This is something you learn as a as a beginner, beginning student. And he just like worked a lot on this one piece to make it sound, you know, halfway decent. And he somehow fooled them all with this claim of being a concert pianist. So we just felt like that added another layer, this juxtaposition of him playing the Moonlight Sonata as everybody is being arrested and indicted. It was a really special. It was it, beautiful. It was, it was perfect. One of so our favorite moments. Doing that. There's another one, by the way, when Catherine, uh, when she was most alienated from India, couldn't even get through to her. And there was almost a year, a good eight months when they didn't speak. Um, the cult had convinced India that her mom was was a psychopath and against her best interest. But Catherine was fighting for her daughter the whole time and had gone to Brooklyn to be photographed to try to bring attention to the story and did not realize that she was sitting on the steps of her daughter's apartment. And we have them both narrate this moment in the story, how that bond between them was so unbreakable, even at their most afraid, they went to the exact same place. So we have a few scenes like that, that we think emotionally really uh, land well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I how how bizarre that she was sat on that step, and I love the way that you introduced that. But that was meant to happen, without a doubt. That bond that's so strong. So I thought you did a great job of just piecing together. It's very something that's very complex and complicated, and helping everybody stand in the shoes of these in- incredible women. So thank you once again. You're both superstars along with the team and we're going to be promoting this and we really want our listeners to watch it absolutely so cecilia and imbo what an incredible conversation that we've been having and i'm sure that you would agree and i know that from watching the docuseries that many of the women feel committed to advocate for change and i really hope that together we can have our voices heard and get louder and get louder and louder and build momentum so that we create the gold standard law of coercive control in the world. That may sound aspirational, but I think we have to set that as the aspiration. Now we're getting coercive control in the zeitgeist. And it was incredible to hear Catherine Otzenberg and your experts talk and name coercive control. So you will help so many other victims, so many other women, just by naming it and deconstructing it in the powerful way that you did. Jim and I and Lisa would love to thank you for doing that. It's such an important docuseries. Listeners, please watch it. I'm hoping it will come to the UK at some point, Australia, and we'll let our listeners know when that happens. And so for now, we want to thank you, Cecilia and Imbel, and all your team who put this incredible docuseries together and all the incredible women who signed up to have their voices heard, no matter how uncomfortable that was, to help other women. Let me just say that it is playing in Australia and Stan, I believe, and in the UK and in the Canada and South America and really all over Europe. Check your local listing, but most likely it is playing wherever you are. Do you know what it's on, on in the UK? I, I will get asked on social media 
Stars and Play and available check. through Amazon Prime. Excellent. So that's great for all of our listeners. Please check your local listings, UK Amazon Prime. I hope everybody gets to see this. So thank you so much for your time. For now, this is Real Crime Profile signing out. If you like deeper analysis like this episode on topics like making a murderer, mind hunter, escape at Danamora, the case of Sally Challen, the teacher's pet, Lynette Dawson, the exonerated five in When They See Us, and the disappearance of Madeline McCann, you can listen to RCP on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever platform you listen to us on. And please be sure, if you like what we do, to give us a five-star review. Thank you for listening to Real Crime Profile. Real Crime Profile is produced and edited by Paul Francis Sullivan. Sound engineering by Mike Thal. Music is composed by Simba Tsumba. Logo art by Jim Clementi. Real Crime Profile is produced by XG Productions and distributed by Wondery. For advice and support if you're experiencing stalking in the UK, you can contact Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 0203 866 4107. Or you can go to the website where there's a lot of information and advice that you can follow on www.paladinservice.co.uk. If you're experiencing domestic abuse, you can call the National Domestic Violence Helpline for free on 0800-2000-247. In the US, if you're experiencing domestic abuse and need advice, shelter or counselling, you can call Genesis, the 24-hour hotline, on 214 946 4357. You can also go to their website for further advice or support, www.genesisshelter.org. And there's the Domestic Violence Hotline on 800-799-7233. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have a crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice, only on Freebie.